It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who has been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester. Welcome to another information-packed hour of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier automotive news and information talk show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I'm your host, Ken Chester. Happy New Year! For this hour, we're going to take a look back at 2017 and talk about those topics that we felt had the most impact. But first, the actual cost of car ownership and driverless bus testing in Minnesota. That is later in this segment of Breaking News. But even before we get to that, I want to hear from you. Yep, you. There are several ways you can do that. By texting or calling the Roadworthy Driveline at 872-222-9793. Or emailing me directly, ken at roadworthydrive.com. Either way, we'll put you in the thick of things here at Roadworthy Drive. As always, I welcome your questions, comments, insights, and or suggestions for future topics. Now, when it comes to operating this show, we here at Roadworthy Drive are all business. In fact, we have a designated adult who at the controls at all times. That man is none other than my good friend and Roadworthy Drive executive producer, Jack DeLeon. Hey, Jack. Good day, sir. How are you? I am okay. I see that you survived the holidays. I survived the holidays. Nobody got killed. We were happy about that. That is a good thing Um, because we don't have bail money for you. I know you don't have bail money for me. And I am very excited about the second segment because it's my turn to vent. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. And you get third segment. Oh, my. Oh, yes. And then then we got to let him take the last one. Yeah. Um, Well, I am the talent, you know. Well, I know. Ken, let's talk about what's going on this week. Let's see. Okay. Uh, well, the let's, actual cost of car ownership. The actual cost. You know, I was just talking about that with my teenage daughter today. Uh-huh. Well, let's try this one on for size. Um, $8,700 a year. Now, honestly, that does not surprise me. $8,700 a year. Eighty-seven or $725 a month. Okay. Now, is that a breakdown of a newer vehicle ownership or an older vehicle ownership? That's on average. Okay. Think about this, for, if you will. Obviously, whether it's new or used, chances mm-hmm. are you probably still have some sort of payment on it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got insurance. Yep. yep. Gasoline. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the various maintenance because uh-huh. an internal combustion engine and yes. all the piece parts that go with it yes. require constant attention, be it adding fluids or changing tires or windshield wipers. They're or worse than this, a toddler. That. Can be. Can be. But here's the thing. Um, this piece from uh, this investment newsletter called The Motley Fool. They talked about, okay, here's the thing. Um, now, what they don't consider is an al- what I consider an alternative that would cost less money, uh, a longer-range, fully electric car, fewer parts, almost no consumables, and lower operating costs. Thing, something to think about. Anyway, okay. anyway, here's the thing. Their example was, even if you considered, say, taking public transportation, get rid of the car. Figure that even in the most expensive place for public transportation, which is Washington, D.C., they say it's $237 a month. Here's their take on it. If you save roughly $488 a month or basically $6,000 a year. Okay. 
and you invest that money. Mm-hmm. Now, they said roughly if you invested in the market, annual return over a period of time is roughly 7% a year. Oh, okay. If you were able to do that, say for your working life of 30 years, you would have $553,000 for your retirement. That's that's nothing to shake he, he, his, his point is giving up a vehicle could spell the difference between accumulating a respectable nest egg for retirement or walking around perpetually cash-strapped as a senior. A good reason to take the bus. Here's my problem with what he's figuring. Now, okay. he's figuring an even cost over those 30 years. Yes, inflation is low now. But, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things going on. For example, if you, continue to, if you were going to continue to own a car for the next 30 years, which is dubious anyway. But let's say you did whatever, whatever piece of transportation device that you would have for now. Um, there's a price that has yet to be determined. The cost of batteries, the cost of insurance, which will go away. In reality, from what we see here and what we've been reporting on here at Roadworthy Drive, we expect that cost to actually go down. If you don't have gasoline to buy, um, the fact that you may choose ride sharing or ride hailing uh, as opposed to public transportation, right. which is another issue. We'll get into that in the, in the next thing we talk about. Uh, we're not even sure what public transportation is even going to look like going forward. And even if that will be a term in 20, 30 years. Right. And my question is, when you're talking about the autonomous vehicle, mm-hmm. would that be considered if it's owned by the city or if it's owned by a private company, would that be considered then public transportation? Well, it wouldn't be public. But here's the thing. The bigger issue is even before you get to autonomous, electric, right, mobility, Today, you have choices, mobility, depending on where you live, everything from a bicycle to ride sharing to ride hailing mm-hmm. to uh, carpooling, uh, van pooling. Yeah. This is right now. Yeah. You know, sir, there are different ways, not necessarily public transportation, that you can mitigate the cost of getting from point A to point B. Okay. I want to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Without having the knowledge yet, because I don't think anybody really knows. But what are you going to do if, let's say, ten years down the road? Let's just be. Let's just say that's out ten years for discussion. Okay. You look at it costs me between two hundred and four hundred dollars, depending upon the month, for ride sharing or ride hailing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's still going to be your fixed cost for transportation. Yes, but here's the kicker: it'll be less than full blown ownership. Oh yeah. A lot. Way less. And here's the other thing. Remember, we've reported here that a car used autonomously, that an autonomous car fully introduced in a society would travel six times as far in a year than the average mileage. Right now, that means average mileage is 15,000 miles a year. So we're talking 90,000 miles. miles. That will drop the per mile cost, theoretically, kind of like a lease. In a lease, you don't pay for the whole vehicle. No, you, you pay for a piece of it plus the use of money, which allows you to perhaps own a nicer, newer vehicle than you could otherwise afford for a short period of time mm-hmm. with the flexibility of either buying it outright if you like it right. or giving it back if you don't yep. and getting something else. What we're going to see, the issue that we have is the larger one of exactly what mobility will mean in the coming years. I like to say, and I keep saying it over over here, that mobility really um, is 
encompasses all sorts of things. And we don't know exactly how the consumer is going to vote with their money and what technologies that will sponsor as a result of personal preference. Obviously, it will be different depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. If you live out in the middle of the desert, it'll be one thing. If you're living in the plains of the Midwest, it may be something else. If you're living in a congested city like uh, San Francisco or Washington, D.C. New York City. Or New York City, it may look like something else. So food for thought on that. Okay. What now, I want to hit real quick. Now, driverless bus testing in Minnesota. Yes, sir. Why does this just seem like it fits for Minnesota? <laughs> but remember, we this is also by the same company. You've heard this name before, Easy Mile. Where mm-hmm. did you hear it? Bloomington, Indiana. We reported some months ago, and it's the same vehicle. It's the same 12-passenger module that they were evaluating in Bloomington. Why are they doing it here? Winter testing. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it from December through March, and they're actually evaluating it on Minnesota Department of Transportation grounds. It's actually not really out in the public. The only time it is going to be and the public's going to have a chance to experience it is in Nicolette Plaza during the Super Bowl. Okay. They will, they will have – you'll have a limited opportunity to ride this thing. But it's the same company which they've said that they've tested this already in Finland and Norway. But in the United States, Minnesota will be the first cold-weather test uh, in the U.S., and they're going to they're gonna check it out because, obviously, up till now, we've seen tests, you know, in the nice climbs and all that. And now they want to see, okay, we think this has got some potential, but we really want to evaluate it with ice and snow and salt and, and inclement weather to see how it does. Now, are they using a regular, what I'm going to call, gas or diesel engine in this thing? Is this thing electric? It's electric. Okay, so now we're going to find out how it responds in the cold. Uh-huh. We're also going to find out how it does in the snow and the ice and the salt and everything else. Okay, but did I mention they've already tested this in Sweden and Nor- in, in Finland and Norway, which is cold and nasty. And so I'm not worried about the electric capability. I mean, that's a given. We've got electric vehicles that run around here now in the bitter cold. So that's less of an issue than it is in the whole issue of it running. So I guess we'll see. Um, when I come back. What's coming up next? What's bugging Jack? His choice topics for 2017. And later, Sasha weighs in with her own list. You're riding shotgun with Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. This year, nine million of you Americans will buy a car, probably from one of the three big car companies, without even considering American Motors. Now that's a shame. Last April, we came out with a gremlin. An American car that met the economy imports head-on. Nobody had ever done that before. We went all out designing the Javelin, even at the risk of scaring some people off. And nobody's ever done that before. This fall, the sport about a stylish, compact car designed for the way a woman uses a car. Nobody else is doing that. On every Ambassador model, we're making air conditioning and automatic transmission standard. 
And nobody else does that. Why is American Motors doing all this? If you had to compete with the three biggest car companies in America, what would you do? If you're just joining us, you're attuned to Roadworthy Drive. Definitely not your father's car show. Welcome. I'm Ken Chester. This hour, we're pausing to take a look at 2017. Some of the topics that caught our attention, perhaps raised eyebrows, and maybe even got us a bit hot under the collar. And you're welcome to join the conversation. But now, I'm going to turn the tables, because they've asked for this show. Jack, you get to first. You're up. Okay. What's bugging you, sir? I have waited all year for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on with it. Topic number one. Mm Mm-hmm. As somebody who I can honestly say I've been a car guy probably all my adult life. Mm-hmm. I like shiny metal. I like all that stuff. Okay. But the one thing that I have had a really hard time believing this year is just how fast the auto industry and technology is moving. Mm-hmm. And some of it has really been... Um, not only confusing, but hard to keep up with. You know what? And that is why we do this show every week. I know that's why we do this show this week. But even with the amount of stuff that I have seen come through your desk every week, mm-hmm. and we don't get to maybe a tenth of it. No. Right? You know, this this is why a lot of people like me are going, what in the world is happening? <laughs> what is What is happening? is we are in a environment of ever-increasing speed of technological advances that are literally building blocks. Right. Um, you're using – for example, do you realize that the whole of the autonomous vehicle, the whole of it, is based primarily on cruise control? No, I did not know that, but I That's guess – That's where it I, started. But I guess you're right. As cruise control evolved and they added to it and added to it, that was the building blocks. So theoretically, you can go back all the way to 1969. Is that when cruise control came out? That is when it was widely accepted. Actually, Chrysler had it a little – 10 years before that. Okay, because I was about to say in 1969, but, I was only four years old. Yeah, in 1969 is when it started to get a more broader acceptance. Okay. But here's the thing. If you look at, and we'll talk about we'll talk about this a little later, excuse me, in another show. But if you look at the building blocks, you know, you start there. We went from a vacuum controlled uh, cruise control to right. an electronic controlled cruise control to a cruise control that had the ability to monitor speed, the speed of the vehicle in front of you to slow down or speed up. Right to now cruise control that has the ability to come to a complete stop, and now cruise control, which they have uh, labeled, in some cases, traffic jam assist, where if you're in stop-and-go traffic, the cruise control has the ability, without your interaction, to start and stop and go at low speeds. Okay. So topic number two. Mm -hmm. I am going to become an entrepreneur. I am going to make T-shirts, coffee mugs, and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that simply is going to say the autonomous car. No, <laughs> <laughs> no autonomous cars. Oh my! And what is your beef with that? 
I said this once, I will say it a thousand more times. I like to drive. I am a control person. Thank you. I can't can, wait to give up the the ability to drive. Can I give you a piece of good news? Okay. Are, are you ready? Can you yes. handle this? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, okay. While ownership will probably decrease in coming years, your choice of being able to own a vehicle will probably not go away. Now, I fully accept that at least for the next 15 years, you'll have what I call conditional vehicles, vehicles that can be autonomous. We just talked about um, earlier uh, in another story about a vehicle that had the ability to either be manually driven or fully autonomously driven. And I really think that there will be a class of vehicles available to the public that will give you either or. Well, and that would and that would be nice, I think, for somebody like me because I can I I'm beginning to somewhat warm up to the fact that at some point in time, and you're right, as the older that you and I get, mm-hmm. the older that our generation gets, mm-hmm. the more we're probably going to need this to be able to get around. Wait a minute, did he just concede? No, I did. did we not, hear that? No, I, I did not. I, I, I got to say, hear I gotta say, can we get a playback, sir? <laughs> no, no. Topic number three. <laughs> okay. I'm moving because I still got three more. Mm. Learned this year everything you ever wanted to know about Tesla, and I still do not want to know. <laughs> 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 because I have, oh, I cannot believe Elon Musk could be that. What is the word? I just be had kind. Be very kind. I was being very kind. Ignorant, I think, is a good word to put. I think that it's- because anybody in the car industry knows that you don't just build a car and assemble it and assume that every part's going to work. You have to be able to do what you called, and it was a term that I learned this year from you, called body on white. Body in white. Body in white, whatever they call it. <laughs> okay. That, and he's had more trouble since August about not being able to get these car, these uh, Tesla 3s produced. Like he was supposed to. And it's it's one of these things I'm sitting here going, either A, he's ignorant, or B, he's going to blow the money his way, and it doesn't matter how much he spends. I'll tell you what we're going to do on that subject. We're going to put a pin in it. Okay. Because uh, both Sasha and I want to respond, but we don't have the time. We want to hear the rest no. of what you got. Number four. Mm-hmm. Batteries. Okay. I've learned more this year about batteries than I ever thought I would need to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that is maybe being able to sell it back on the grid and be able to make some money to offset the cost of the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to skip the last one. I'm going to skip the last one, but I'm, my last one, number five. Mm-hmm. I simply entitled it Privacy, Privacy, Privacy. I, knew, I was wondering when he was going to get so to the cyber, yeah. cyber cyber security. security. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking cyber security. I'm yes, also, you are. I'm also talking one other thing, mm-hmm. and that would be um, this little device now that you've seen on TV all Christmas season long and before that. Alexia. The clapper? Alexia. <laughs> Hey. Oh, really? Hey, hey you, know? you really, you really had to go there. I, I did. did. I did. Oh boy! Even in stereo. Guess what? We yeah. got a break. We do. Next up, Sasha gets her shay, and for the last segment, I share my observations. This is Roadworthy Drive.
Want more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook. This is segment, this is the third segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for dropping by. I'm Ken Chester. For those of you who want or need more than your fair share of the road, check out the show website, www.roadworthydrive.com. We have completely redesigned the site. We're so excited about how it turned out. You've got to check this out. It is awesome. There, find audio clips of past shows, videos in our studio behind the scenes, antics, and so much more. The website is also a great place to discover where we are in the universe of social media. You can even subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to drop by the redesigned website and let us know what you think of the redesign. Now, uh, this hour we're talking about the events and topics we covered in 2017. And, of course, this would not be complete without observation and comment from <laughs> Sasha. Yes, it would. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know what? We let you rant. I know. Mm -hmm. It's her turn. Mm -hmm. Hit it, Sasha. You know, I didn't really have a rant, per se. Um, I found myself needing a time stopper so that way I could get to everything that was hit in my mailbox. Um, kind of like what Jack was saying, it's hard to keep up with. I've got my own projects that I like to keep up on. Mm -hmm. Um but it's hard to actually keep on what's going on with the automotive industry and how many interchanging and handshaking and backdoor integrating is going on um, with companies that, you know, we use LG, we use um, Mobileye. Yeah. You know, all these little companies that are coming together and be like, hey, I've got piece B, you've got piece C. Let's see them to put them together and see what we've got going on. Um. It so, I mean, it, it was one of those things that going throughout the year, I just I could literally spend like six hours at my PC just reading. Really, the best way to describe what's going on now in the auto industry, you literally have to go back to the creation of the industry itself over 100 years ago. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Anybody who had any bit of knowledge, technology, idea, bent metal, wanted to bend metal, um, was coming together. They say that by 1909, there were some 1,800 companies either designing, building, or trying to put together a car in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, folks were throwing everything against the wall. They had steam and electric. In fact, even here uh, in our town, there was a guy who developed an electric car, actually got rich from developing it, built right here in America's heartland. See? That is amazing. And, I mean, it's one of those things that day-to-day, um, hour-by-hour, new stories are coming out. Uh, the latest one that I just brought up was uh, LG partnered with someone else um, other than Mobileye. I forget the name of the company. I'd never heard about it. Some little company in Japan, and they're developing a new sensory, hoping to add to the autonomous car software. Here, here's the thing. What people don't realize and they really need to, is that this is not a United States thing. It's not a China thing. No, it's, it's a It's not an Australia thing. 
It's not a Europe thing. It's a global thing. And these companies are literally, literally uh, working across borders, testing and all over the place. In fact, the first application of an autonomous vehicle was actually done in Singapore. The company that did it in Singapore is currently doing it in Boston. So, you know, and they're testing the vehicle. They're testing now in Boston. Here's something you need to remember. According, if the Singapore experiment, and all they did was they had autonomous taxis in a 4.5 square of the city. They estimated that fully deployed, that in Singapore, they would be able to reduce the 900,000 privately owned vehicles, wait for it, by 600,000 vehicles. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds, two-thirds. When you look at the numbers and you start looking at this thing and you look at the different choices, if when autonomous vehicles are fully developed, some people own them, some people will lease them, some people will share them. As a result of that, you will have different opportunities where it may be, okay, uh, two families share a car. Uh, One family works nights. One family works days. Guy needs to get to work. She needs to get to work. Um, The one family that owns it, rents it out to the other family who uses it to go to work. They bring it home and the other family uses it. And you'll see a lot more of that. Or maybe even a neighborhood where you have three or four vehicles that are available to be interchanged. And that's not to say that something new might not even come up with respect. We're talking financial. It could be barter. And that's true. And that's true. What else, Sasha, did you come up with for this year? Um, my baby, one of my pet projects was exactly what Ken was going on about car, the difference in the car ownership model. Um, I am all about the developing and um, expansion of the car subscription model. Um, it's one of those things that I wrote about. He's got a story on it on your blog, on the website, mm-hmm. um, under Ken's thoughts. It's one of those things where, to me, personally, it makes more sense. I don't like it's too expensive for me to own a car. It's not feasible anymore, at least in my sight. I would much rather pay a flat fee and then not have to worry about it. My third baby, my absolute one that I keep monitors on is uh, solar roadways. I absolutely okay. positively When you love say it. solar roadways, what are you talking about again? The solar roadways was the company that's developing the solar panels that we could actually drive on. Mm-hmm. They've got two um, projects going on currently right now. They're wrapping up their uh, DOT-sponsored um, testing right now. Okay, for... when you say DOT, are you talking about state DOT or U- uh, U.S. DOT? It's the U.S. DOT. Okay. That they actually got a grant for two years ago. They're wrapping up the study to find out how it works in inclement weather, how it holds up in like ice and grit and snow. Because there's actually a patch that went in last year that actually has plows actually going over it. Like it's got, it's not. That I'd like to see. Right. I'd like to see a five ton plow on a 20 ton truck. Scraping. Yeah. I want to see how it does. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've also so we also got we figured out sometime this year I think it was late this year, um, graphene paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graphene was the other one that I've I've been keeping up with. I I kind of like shoot out little tidbits on the show every once in a while. But those are my three. I mean, I'm wor- I'm watching car subscription items. I'm watching graphene, and I'm watching solar roadways. I'm mo- I'm most excited about the graphene because I don't think for automotive yet. 
they've really taken and run with it. No, um, I when, agree. When they do, when we start seeing projects for graphene, incorporating graphene, and I can name at least four or five things where graphene would be a game changer uh, in terms of producing electricity, uh, sharing electricity, recharging things, it could be awesome. It, it could be. Sasha, let me ask you one quick question. Yes, sir. Um, knowing you the way that I do, mm-hmm. wouldn't it make sense for you to just to open up your own car subscription service, especially when you live in the rural part of the state that we're in? I have looked into it. In all honesty, I've looked into it. Okay. There's a couple different ones that I really think something like that would work, um, especially with all the college kids. Okay, then. Finally, I get my turn in the last segment. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No. Roadworthy Drive is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Roadworthy Drive. Like us on Facebook. So here we are, the fourth and final segment of this hour. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive, and I'm Ken Chester, your host. Now, during this hour, we here at Roadworthy Drive have been recalling those topics that we've covered over the past year and are rediscussing them as desired or necessary. Uh, Jack's had his say. Sasha has had hers. Mm. And, of course, I've saved the best for last because now it's my turn to talk. Okay, stop. <laughs> the following comments are Ken Chester's alone. They do not reflect this station my mine or Sasha's opinion. Now, wow. one more one more wow. thing that we need to do right now. Yeah. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of love in this studio. I just want you to know that. So much love. So much. For me, it boils down to one topic. Okay. Mobility. And it, it's it's encompassing. And I, I and I'm going to walk through this. Two years ago, the Ford Motor Company and the General Motors Corporation said out loud that their over 100-year model of selling vehicles to individuals was no longer profitable or sustainable going forward. Okay. Was that because the cars had just become way too expensive? No. What is it? That may be just part of it, but that's only part of it. The issue is that change is on the horizon. We're seeing some of that in communities. Uh, most of your automakers today own a, uh, a ride-hailing service. GM owns uh, Maven. They have a significant investment in Lyft. Uh, Volkswagen owns one called Get. Mercedes-Benz owns something called Car2Go. Uh, every automaker has something like that because they're looking – in fact, in some cities, you can actually rent a vehicle provided by the – rent – not a vehicle, but a bicycle offered by the Ford Motor Company. Yep. We talked about that a few months back. We did. Reason being, you're looking at van pooling, which is traditional. Ford owns an outfit called Chariot. You're looking at other vehicles, uh, other situations like uh, uh, Maven, mm-hmm. Uber, Lyft. Um, all of these things are disruptive. For example... Taxi companies across the country in larger cities are going broke. 
a medallion in New York City, a cab medallion, which used to be worth millions of dollars, mm -hmm. isn't worth hardly half that yeah. anymore. Wow. Um, yeah. You've got uh, you've got to reimagine public transportation. We have talked here on this show of a, uh, a company in France that is demonstrating an autonomous um, transit bus, Bloomington, Indiana. Right. And now uh, um, up, in Minneapolis. up in Minnesota. This is a thing. This is happening. The issue is in mobility that people have blinders on. You can't look at mobility one way because it's multifaceted. Part of that is traditional ownership. Mm -hmm. That's not going to go away. It's going to change, but it's not going away. But on top of that is the autonomous car, but that's not all of it. There's ride sharing. We've talked about situations where even if you own an autonomous car, where within certain parameters and certain locations, you might rent your car out while you're at work to somebody else. Or it might be making money. Or it might be making money by plugged putting it, in. By, by putting it on the grid. Or selling, on the grid. selling power on the grid. The beautiful yep. part about that is that it's controlled by the owner. In other words, if you have a vehicle, you can choose whether to make it available during the day or certain hours for a certain rate. You can choose... Uh, in an algorithm to make certain part of the uh, battery power in that battery available to the grid, uh, sometimes maybe at night, sometimes during the day, it really depends. And you can set the rate, which means you sell it the rate you want to sell it, which means for some people, the rate may not be high enough to offset their convenience. And for other people, the rate may be low enough to make money. But the beautiful part is the market's going to decide based on what your parameters are. Okay. So the, in this brave new world, we've talked about hydrogen and fuel cells. We've talked about battery storage. We've talked about other types of electrics. We've talked about uh, solar-powered cars, compressed air-powered cars, mm -mm. flying cars, uh, virtual takeoff and landing vehicles. All these things are happening now and evolving now. This is what I'm talking about when I say mobility. We've got a lot going on, and you can't look at it one way. You can't say, well, it's ownership. Well, yes, but no. You can't say, well, it's autonomous vehicles. Well, yes, but no. You can't say it's electric simply. Well, not exactly. And then we're talking about trucks, delivery vehicles, vehicles that we haven't even conceptualized yet, which may be some sort of combination of different things depending on what the market, the roadways, the needs, people's willingness to pay, folks' willingness to invest is all going to happen. There's a lot going on, and my job, I feel, here is to educate people and get them to think outside the box. If all you're thinking about is, in the future, I'm going to own an autonomous car, you've missed 90% of the conversation. You really have. Well, but if that's what I'm used to after all of these years, it's going to be off. Change is hard for people. It Some really, people. It really, I'll be quiet over there. <laughs> um, but... You know, I think as a rule, change is hard for, for a lot of people. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing about Americans. They vote with their pocketbook. You're right. Yep. You make the deal right, they'll get over the change aspect, and they will migrate to the lowest cost, best deal. Getting the deal is the American way. Yes, getting sir. the hookup. Getting, you know, I know a guy. That's the way we do things because we're always looking for the next best, greatest deal. I want to get the most for my money. And if the most for my money is me 
in some combination of ride sharing and ride hailing or maybe owning an autonomous vehicle and making it available a few days a week. That might be it. But the beautiful part, Jack, is this is going to be even more personalized. We talked about on electric platforms that vehicles may not even look the same. Remember about the small plant we talked about a few weeks ago yep. where a guy could actually prototype a car that has the same platform but looks different in Los Angeles as it does in New York. Okay, there's one question I want to ask both of you before we run out of time. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing that we should all be watching out for in 2018? Oh, my goodness. Um, the word I got and the word I'll stick by, mobility. That's the watch word. It's okay. not electric cars. It's not autonomous cars. It's mobility. Okay, Sasha? Technology. I think, I think mine's going to be we're going to have to do a lot of educating of the public because, oh, a, lot, yeah. because a lot of these people That's right now one. have no idea what's coming. Yep. Well, you know what? If they tune in here every stay week, tuned. stay tuned to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester, and we'll try to explain it to you as we learn about it. That's the way it is. Well, that concludes our look back at 2017. Did you have some topics you feel strongly about we didn't cover? Perhaps you have a list. Email me, ken at roadworthydrive.com. We might just do a follow-up show. On behalf of Roadworthy Drive team, thank you for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.